has 50,000 thoughts a day. I'd like to give you a little pop quiz. What percentage of those thoughts that you have each day are positive? What percentage are negative? How would you kind of grade yourself? You don't have to say it out loud, but how, how would you grade yourself? Would, would Pick a percentage, 50-50, 75-25, 25-75. How would you go? Are, are your thoughts typically constructive or destructive? Thoughts tend to flow in streams. Negative streams that bring us down or positive streams that streams that bring the joy to life and help us be productive. This means that we need the power to deal with the negative streams. We need we need a way to redirect them as as they as the negative stuff pops up. God provides what we need to do this. Do, do most of your thoughts bring joy or misery? How, how do they flow? God wants you and I to enjoy the life he's given us. He's, he's blessed us with life. He made us. He, he put us together. And he wants us to enjoy it. This is on his heart. That's why he shows us how to find joy regardless of our circumstances. In this message series, we're going to look at how God leads us away from negative streams of thought and the destructive emotions that are tied to them. And he provides all that we need to rise above our circumstances to find joy. So in this series, over the next seven weeks, we're going to learn how to, from Scripture, unleash happiness from our circumstances. That's what we're working on today. We're going to see how to build a self-image based on a solid foundation that God gives us. We're going to see how to deal with a pack of thieves that's led by resentment. We're going to learn how to avoid being triggered by worry and anger that people and circumstances stir up in us. We're going to learn how to choose an attitude toward our circumstances that builds us up and those around us. Strengthens them. And then we're going to learn how to stay alert to the real nature of the battle going on inside of us. So there's a spiritual dimension to it. And so we're going to dig in and learn. And then finally, the last week of the series, we're going to see how to build healthy habits that bring and feed our joy. Through scripture, what God does is he helps us learn how to connect dots <laughs> between our life experience and the root causes of that experience, the things that we're living and going through. Now, everybody I know gauges their happiness based on their circumstances. That's, I mean, that's, okay, okay, maybe you don't, but you tend to gauge your happiness Based on your circumstances. That's the way it flows. There are times when circumstances are so out of control that we wonder if we're ever going to enjoy life again. Have you ever been there? Been there. <laughs> I have. Yeah. People really value freedom this way God made us. He, he put in us this desire to be free. 
But we're going to discover a paradox in Scripture this morning. If we don't put our mind on a leash, it tends to go to the garbage. Like this dog sniffing the garbage. It's not on a leash. It's running around sniffing garbage. That's what our minds tend to do. There are many circumstances that we face that mess with our minds. Maybe you've been saving for something for a year or two, and you're, you, you know, you've got enough built up that you're about to buy it, and then you look at your checking account, and you messed up. You forgot about something, and there's a bill coming due, and takes you back to a lower place in your savings toward that thing you want to buy. And, you know, if, if we really want that thing, that can be a real downer, a, a two, three, seven-day downer. You know, we're just struggling with it. This kind of thing can really upset us and mess with us. In, in circumstances like this, where does your mind go? Um, how do you direct it to the good? How, how do you deal with that? We, we need to pull back the leash on going to the garbage. We need to hold, hold ourselves from going to the garbage thoughts. Maybe the project you're on at work gets derailed over and over again because coworkers keep making stupid mistakes. And they keep delaying it. You're about to blow. This is what you want to do to coworkers sometimes. Maybe, maybe you want to attack the boss if uh, he buries you with work that you're going to have to finish over the weekend. We struggle with these things. You go to the family gathering and experience the same old irritations and conflicts. The kids keep saying disrespectful things. Your marriage is in a crazy cycle of conflict. And this is what family time feels like sometimes. There you go. Good picture, isn't it? Just barking at each other. Letting each other have it. We're going to dig into Philippians 4 this morning, which was written by the Apostle Paul. And it's interesting, while he was in jail for his faith. The context for chapter 4, it starts off by addressing a conflict between two prominent women in the church at Philippi. And we all know conflict is a joy vacuum. Just sucks the joy out of life, for sure. And here's the paradox. To find joy in the middle of tough circumstances, we have to put our mind on a leash. We're going to find that God gives what we need to deal with negative thoughts. He gives instruction for dealing with the thoughts that drag our emotions with them and that come out of unwanted circumstances. And he can lead us to take the negative thoughts that tend to come from circumstances and redirect them in a very, very productive way. The truth is, 
Happiness can be unleashed from our circumstances if we walk through life with God. If we include him in what's going on and we walk through our lives with him. At times, it, it can feel like our joy in life is predetermined by our circumstances. They're beyond our control. Sometimes caused by people we can't control. But we don't have to be the victim of our circumstances. That's the good news we're looking at today. And we're going to see this paradox in this passage. To unleash happiness, we must put our mind on a leash. That doesn't always make sense to us. We want to let our minds go. We want to, we just want to let them roam freely. But this is the paradox we see. Philippians 4 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. So, Paul, God through Paul, commands Christ followers in this church to rejoice always. How in the world do we do that? How, how do we pull that off? This, this statement is more impactful if, if, given the fact that he's writing this from a prison cell. He is in prison. Well, he's writing this. He says, rejoice. In fact, the entire book of Philippians is a clinic on how to have a good attitude in the middle of Really bad circumstances. A total clinic. It's, it's a really helpful book. I'd encourage you to read through it sometime. Uh, this statement seems to be specifically aimed at the ladies who are having the conflict, sort of like, hey, don't worry, be happy. You know, it's, it's rejoice. But in the Bible, what you see is God gives the power to rejoice in the middle of the worst circumstances. From the very beginning book in Genesis, he tells stories. God, God's written stories, historical stories from the lives of real people that show how we don't have to tie our joy to the circumstances that we're experiencing. Incredibly helpful. The word rejoice in this verse, uh, Philippians 4.4, 4. it was originally, this the New Testament portion of the Bible was originally written in Greek, and this word means to enjoy a state of happiness or well-being. That sounds great, <laughs> doesn't it? I like that. I, you know, we used to tell our kids, be happy, choose to be happy. Choose to be happy. Um, you, you can be happy right now. You're going the wrong direction here. So in my mind, to say be happy seems a little juvenile. But only not when I'm, if I'm not miserable at the time. <laughs> Being happy sounds great if I'm in a state of misery. And so Paul's showing us here, and we'll see in a moment, if we put our mind on a leash to the right things, we can be unleashed from our circumstances and find happiness in the Lord God. That's what he's, what he's trying to show us here. 
With God's help, we can do this. We can put our thoughts on a leash and rejoice in all circumstances. Our mental and emotional response to our circumstances determines how much we enjoy life. And this makes us feel at times like we're victims of our circumstance. I've been there. Here's the good news. Our mental response is within our control. We, We can decide how we respond to whatever circumstances are going on. We can take control of our thoughts. We can direct them in a way that emotions will follow and bear fruit in a joy-filled life. And God wants to help with this. God wants to give us the help. we got to turn to him, but he wants to help with it. The Lord gives a great deal of guidance in Philippians on how to do this. And we're going to walk through some of the key passages in Philippians 4 on how to unleash happiness from our circumstances. We find three ways in Philippians 4, redirect negative thought streams, be gracious, and be content. Those are the three things that we're going to look at. First of all, redirect negative thought streams. One author says, what you persistently think inevitably crystallize into the words you speak and then the things you do. So what we think about turns into words and actions. That's the way it works. In other words, what you say and do in bad circumstances is what you think about the most in those circumstances. God shows we need to redirect our thoughts to what is helpful for dealing with the circumstances in a godly way, which is godly just means a God-referenced way. So we're referencing him, and we're trying to handle this circumstance, this situation right here, in a way that pleases him. Here's the heart of God's guidance for this. Philippians 4, 8, and 9. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So Paul's saying, I've been an example for you in these things, so do as I do. He's writing this from prison. You know, he's like, hey, hey, this is, this is how I pull the rejoicing off in any circumstance. I think about the right things. Here's the guidance. Think about these things, specific things. And in the Greek, this was originally written in, the word think means take an inventory. So your mind tends to go to what's going on. You're thinking about as circumstances, bad circumstances hit. Your mind is going to go somewhere. And typically, for me, it goes to the negative. It, 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 you know, I'm, I tend to lean toward being an Eeyore kind of guy, you know, sort of pessimistic. And, um, so as I'm taking an inventory of what is going on in any given situation, I'm tempted to think about the worst. 
But Paul says, shift and think about the best. Think about the good. Think about these things. And he gives us a list to inventory and to shift our mind to these things. Uh, the, the, the word think about these things, the word think, also means to keep a mental record of events for the sake of some future action, to bear these in mind, to reckon, count, compute, calculate, count over, hence to take into account, to make account of. The point is we have to be intentional with our mental response to life, and we can be with God's help. We can do it. Because circumstances trigger our thoughts and emotions. We can't completely control our thoughts and emotions, at least the initial ones, immediately as trouble strikes. But we can control what we dwell on. We can control, we can focus on the right things. We tend to focus on changing our circumstances and if we do that, we're going to be sorely disappointed. We, we don't have that much power. We can't control the circumstances and the people around us. We cannot. Paul is reminding us that we have a choice. And with God's help, we can control our thoughts. So we focus on what we can control. George Sanchez wrote a little booklet called Changing Your Thought Patterns. And what he says in this booklet is that we need to build a dam to stop the wrong thoughts and direct our thoughts to the right things as we deal with life. As life flows by, we're, we're responding and we're, we're deciding how we're going to think about what's going on, how we're going to feel about what's going on. And he says we need to build a dam so that we begin to think about the right things. Because thinking about the right things leads to doing the right things, which leads to feeling the right things. When you rely on God, you can experience joy in the middle of the worst circumstances. If you're like me, you may think that redirecting your thoughts would be impossible. I'm, I'm a feeler and I'm not, I'm, I'm not that altruistic. So my feelings can be filled with anger at times toward my circumstances and the people around me. Um, so building a dam, I think of something like this, Hoover Dam. You know, it's an amazing feat of engineering. Um, it's incredible. I can't build that out of my own personal resources. There's no way I can build that. I don't have the expertise. I didn't go to school for that. It's just, those are a few of the reasons. <laughs> there's, a, there's a bunch. <laughs> but you don't need to build that kind of dam. To redirect your thoughts. In reality, the dam we need to build to redirect the flow of our thoughts is more like this. Now, I could build this kind of thing if I wanted to. I could build, you know, I could find the branches. I could put the branches in the place. 
you know, that was built by a beaver. I mean, they're experts. But, you know, I could do it. I could pull that off. And with God's help, we can do the same in our minds. We can build a dam that redirects our thoughts to the right place. In fact, his spirit is willing to guide us to think the right things if we ask for his help. There's a think list. There's a whole list in Philippians 4.8 that I want to walk through in a moment. These are the things we should think about when we deal with bad circumstances. And it's a list of the things as you take an inventory of what's going on in the situation. You, you should uh, direct your thoughts to these kinds of things. And this list makes up the branches that you use to build the dam. That, that's the key. It, they, this is how you redirect your thoughts to what's positive and brings joy. Let's walk through the list. First of all, whatever is true. In, in the Greek, that word true originally means or literally means what really is. Now, what happens when trouble strikes? <laughs> we get we get uh, we get blown away by it sometimes. We blow up the ramifications of what's going on, and it feels much heavier than it actually is. And we need to direct our thoughts. I mean, I tend to think things like, "Wow, my life is over." I mean, this is this is horrible. This is going to be. This is not going to be good, and I'm doomed because of this. The interesting thing is, 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 is it's probably not the end of your world as you know it. But I, I can think that sometimes. Um, soaking in God's truth in Scripture is so important because it's very real. The Bible is very real. Shows us exactly what's going on in our hearts and minds. And there, it's, the pages are filled with very real people that we can identify with. And as you get into it, as you begin to listen to it here on Sundays, as you begin to read it for yourself, God begins to build the branches. He, he begins to give you branches of truth that show how life really works that you can use to build the dam to redirect your thoughts. God promises, one of the things is, he promises to use everything in our lives for good. So whatever's going on, he, he wants to use it for good. Even the rotten stuff that people do, even the way that they tend to hurt you and damage you, God wants to use that. It's an amazing thing. There's a story of Joseph in Genesis 37 through 50. I'd encourage you to read it. But Joseph gets done really wrong by his brothers. And long story, you can read it for yourself. But in the end, he faces his brothers and he's risen to a position of power over them. 
and they're 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 coming into his presence for the first time since they really messed him up <laughs> earlier in his life and years after this and he 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 they're afraid of what he's going to do and he says in Genesis 50:20 Joseph does you intended to harm me but God intended it for good to save many lives he he he's using the horrible circumstance that you put me in they sold him to slaves to as a slave to to slave owners and he's saying you god used you intended to hurt me but god made it good because he's risen to a place of power and and god i don't know what he would do with your trouble i don't really know what he but he intends good if you'll work with him, if you'll, if you'll come to know him and give your life to follow him, he, he will take even the worst circumstances and use them for his purpose in your life. So we need to think about whatever's true. Next, we're to dwell on what is, what is honorable. This means to dwell on what is good and be careful to be accurate. That's the idea in this. But don't blow things out of proportion. Often when I'm under, under pressure, circumstances seem way heavier than they actually are, and, and they just weigh on my mind, and we need to, to avoid that. I found that asking God to give me an accurate assessment of what's going on in my life at any given moment in the midst of trouble really helps. Because he's above the circumstances. I'm in them. He can give me the help I need to see what's really going on. He, he can help. And I, I can turn to him and I can ask for help. And he's given it over and over and over again as my mind is, things are weighing heavy on me. As I'm, as I'm trying to sort out what's going on, God comes through every time that I ask him to get perspective. And often I need to ask over and over and over again for the same Trouble that I'm going through. You know, God. You know, it doesn't just come, okay, I'm, I'm better now. I see what's going on here. I see God's perspective. No, I need to keep praying as I worry, as I think about it, as it rolls over in my mind and I'm struggling with dealing with the trouble. I need to keep asking God, help, help me, God. Would you help me see What's going on here? And help me to be accurate. Would you help me to have an accurate assessment? The list continues. Whatever is just. Whatever reflects fairness and justice. Don't judge others more harshly than yourself. That's what this means. As you're looking around, you know, you don't need to blame them or you don't need to put them down. Um, Whatever is pure, clean, not filthy. Stay out of the garbage. Whatever is lovely, what is pleasing, friendly, and acceptable. No need to bark. We don't need to do that. Whatever is commendable, which means speaking well of, not running down another's character in your mind. You know, in bad circumstances, that can happen. So we think about the commendable things in them. If there is any excellence... This is moral excellence, so keep your mind focused on the good things in the circumstance, not only the bad. 
If there's anything worthy of praise, focus on the good or the good God can bring out of the circumstance. When circumstances bring to mind negative thoughts and stir up negative emotions, we must direct our thoughts to these things on this list and dwell on them if we're going to have joy in the midst of our circumstances. Getting into God's word equips you with the branches you need to build the dam and respond to trouble in faith and find the joy in the midst of it. To unleash happiness, we must put our mind on a leash and we tie it to God's truth and to his ways. There are two other things that I want to quickly mention that are found in Philippians 4 as I wrap up this morning. First, be gracious. This is the most direct statement, I think, that Paul made to the women in conflict. It's found in verse 5. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Reasonableness in this verse means to be gracious and forbearing. That's the idea. If you follow Christ, you've come to a place in your life that you can look back on when God's Spirit convicted you of your sin, your wrongdoing before Him. You realize you're guilty of wrongdoing. You had no, you have no excuse. And th- this is, this is how God works to bring you to Himself. So you, you get convicted of wrongdoing and you realize you have no excuse. And you're, you're, you're sort of concerned about what God's going to do with that. But when you turn to face Him, He gives grace. He forgives. When you confess your sin before Him, He forgives you. There is a tremendous amount of freedom in that forgiveness. Because it changes your heart. Ephesians says that we can be gracious to the people around us because God has been gracious with us. He's forgiven us in Jesus Christ. So rather than being in attack mode in the middle of conflict, we can step back, remind ourselves of God's graciousness to us, And then pray and ask God to help us be gracious to the people around us. The final thing is to be content. So redirect our thoughts, be gracious, be content. Philippians 4, 11 through 13 says it contains a a verse that's quoted by a lot of Christ followers at different times. Um, Verse 13, but it says, verse 11 starts... Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstances, I have learned, circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Selfish desires drive conflict. That makes life miserable, to be in the middle of a conflict. 
But once you decide to follow Christ, he gives you a purpose for living beyond yourself. He gets you outside of yourself. If you, if you keep walking with him and keep cooperating with him, he's going to turn your heart and mind inside out to focus on the people around you. That's what he does. I mean, for me, I still have to deal with the, the, the selfish tendencies, and we all do, frankly. We have to deal with those, and they still crop up. But he's going to turn us inside out to begin to focus on others. And what you realize is bad circumstances can never derail God's purpose for my life. They just can't. If I'll go to God and I'll trust him with my life, he will use the circumstances in my life for his purpose. Paul's writing this letter from prison, remember? (laughs) He says, I have learned the secret. In the Greek, the word secret means to learn the secret of something through personal experience. So Paul's not talking about academic stuff here that he knows just the idea of. He's talking about this is what he's learned by personal experience. And he has learned to be content by the strength that Jesus gives him to handle the circumstances that flow by in life, even the ones that we don't want. We can find the strength from Jesus to do it, no matter how grim the circumstances are. And then he says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. We tag that verse on a lot of things because we want to be successful. Say, I can do what I want. I can do whatever I want by the power Jesus gives me. But that's really not what the passage is saying. You can be content by the strength that God supplies. You can fulfill God's purpose for your life by the strength that God supplies. If your goals line up with God's goals, then you can do all things through Christ. Who strengthens you. He, he, he will help with that. Uh, the word strengthen means to cause someone to have the ability to do or experience something. Jesus walks through life with you to help you handle unhappy, unwanted circumstances with dignity if you ask for his help. <laughs> you have to ask. You have to include him. He's a gentleman. He's not going to barge in. So you have to invite him into your life and into your circumstance in order for him to help. But he provides that power to do this very thing. This is Paul's experience. This is my experience. This is what I've found. This is the secret that Paul's talking about. And this is how knowing Christ and walking through life helps you find joy in all circumstances. In conflict, he's a gigantic reservoir. He he provides a gigantic reservoir of grace to draw on if you ask for his help. He gives strength to put a leash on our thoughts and emotions to hold them back so that we can respond in the right way, in the best way to what's going on. Thoughts tend to flow in streams. Negative streams that bring us down or positive streams that 
bring the joy in life. This means we need the power to direct our thoughts to the place where they should go so that we can find joy and be productive. To unleash happiness, here's the paradox, we must put our mind on a leash to the right things. And Jesus wants to help with that. I'd like to ask you to consider some next steps this morning. We do this as a pattern because uh, Scripture says that the blessing, as you get into the Word of God, as you get into the Bible, the blessing comes in doing it. So we always talk about steps we can take to do the Scriptures. Um, and the first one I've suggested here is my next step is to Ask God to help me redirect my thoughts in an unwanted circumstance. I've been talking. There may be something you're going through right now that you've uh, been dealing with. Ask God for help. And then another one would be pray for God's strength to bear up under difficulty. And then you might be at a place where you're, you're ready to give your life to follow Christ. And that, that could be another step. Commit my life to Christ as my Lord, or my boss, accepting him as my Savior for the very first time. That may be what, what you decide to do as a result of hearing the message this morning. We'd love for you to come back next week to hear the message, Who Do You Think You Are? <laughs> because it really matters. We'll, we'll look at the foundation that God has provided for a really strong self-image. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for your goodness, for your kindness to us. God, we are so grateful for the grace that you poured out on the cross. Jesus, you gave your life to pay for our sin. Thank you so much for your kindness, your love, your grace, your mercy. We don't get what we deserve. Father, help us to have the power to step out to follow you. Help us to do what you've laid on our heart to do this morning as we, as we step out, having heard this message based on your word. Strengthen us to do it. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.